welcome to another episode of Cathode Raycast, the Story Screen Presents podcast where we talk about all things television. I'm your host, Bernadette Gorman-White, and I'm very excited. Today I'm joined by a newcomer to the Story Screen podcasting family, not new to Story Screen in general, but for podcasting, yes, it's Scotty Arnold. Hey everybody, buzz, buzz, buzz. Buzz, buzz, buzz. How have you been? I've been great. I've been great. How have you been? Good. Yeah? Excited to be here? Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Um, I'm so excited that I could get down my mountain. It's very snowy right now. Um, And I am so uh, thrilled to be on my first Story Screen podcast. Yeah, so where you live, which is kind of removed, I mean, there are houses around you. There are houses around me, but I live uh, in a cabin on a mountain. Um, kind of yellow jackets right? Kind of yellow jackets yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I watched it, yellow jackets in my cabin and thought, oh, I could do this. <laughs> Would I make it? Yeah. Who knows? Right, right. Yeah, who knows if anybody will. I mean, I guess we know some people that will. Some people, some people. But yes, listeners, thank you for joining us today. Obviously, if you've clicked on the link, You'll know that you're here to listen to us talk about Yellow Jackets, which we're really excited for. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you're also clicking on our link, you've probably realized that we have other podcasts available as well. So you're listening to Cathode Raycast, obviously, but there's always hot takes, over drinkers, some of our specials. Very soon, we're going to have one of our favorite podcasts of the year come out. It's our Best of 2021 podcast, where we're going to talk about some movies that we really loved from the past year. So make sure to join us for that. And on any of the apps where you get your podcasts, make sure to like, comment, or subscribe, maybe all three. One of those would be great, at the very least. And if you would love to reach out to us, I would love to talk to you. I am at bgorman on Twitter, and really it'd be great to get some feedback from you guys if these podcasts are the types of podcasts that you're liking to hear, or if you'd like to hear any type of different content, please let us know. But yeah, without further ado... We're going to get into Yellow Jackets, the Showtime series that just premiered back at the very tail end of 2021. Um, We are going to get into full spoiler mode almost immediately. There's no way to talk about television without really getting into the meat and potatoes of the series. And how could we talk about the show without spoiling anything? I mean... It'd be impossible. It would be impossible. (laughs) There's there's, uh, so many twists and turns that I'm so excited to dig into. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So... I think maybe the reason you started watching this, or not the reason, but me asking you to join me for this podcast kind of prompted you to finally watch it, but you had wanted to watch it anyway. Totally. I had been hearing good things. It was on my radar, and I had not dug in until uh, you invited me on this, and I'm so excited that you did, because what a wild journey. (laughs) (laughs) So what would have drawn you to a show like Yellow Jackets outside of podcasting? So many things. Juliette Lewis would have drawn mm-hmm. me to this TV show. Um, uh, it took me about halfway through the series, and I, 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 halfway through the series, I had not recognized Christina Ricci, and then I saw her name on the credits, and it was like, oh wow, really? Um, yeah, that's which awesome. I thought it was great. Yeah, I, you know, you, she, without without the Wednesday wig, I was just like, who are you? Um, the blonde hair uh, was kind of a the blonde hair threw me off. Move. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but both of those actors would have brought me to this. Uh, but particularly, I think what brought me to this uh, is my like I I am a big fan of the story of Lord of the Flies and a big fan of that book and um, uh, and the the sort of the the premise I heard off the bat was like Lord of the Flies with girls and I was like give me that that sounds amazing <laughs> um, and then there's so much more in it too and I I'm I'm into um, 
you know, I get full spoiler mode. I'm into folklore, and I think we're getting into that a little bit. Um, and I'm into uh, sort of exploring trauma, and we're getting into that. So there's all there's so much to love about this show. Oh yeah, I really like the tribalism aspect yeah. that we're getting into. Yeah, which is really cool. It's weird how the far right and the whole like Donald Trump presidency uh-huh. has kind of co-opted tribal and what it means to be tribal it's kind of a bummer because i said something about a tribe the other day and i was like using it in like the context of i don't know saying something that i liked to heath Uh and heath was like i don't think we're really supposed to use the word tribe anymore and i was like oh do you mean because it's like disrespectful to indigenous people because i can totally see that and he was like no i think trump ruined it (laughs) i was like oh okay i think i think not using tribe anymore is letting trump win Yes. Let's, Let's take it like, back. Yeah, it's a word. It's in the dictionary. I think we're allowed to use it. Um, That's true. And this show has so much to do with that. Um, what brought what what uh, what attracted you to the show? Um, the cast first and foremost. I've really been on a big Melanie Linsky train. And as I of didn't. Late. I didn't really know about her, and I'm so oh. excited to discover her. Oh yeah, she's great. You recently watched Over the Garden Wall, correct? Yes, and I realized after the fact that she plays the little teeny bird in that. Yeah, she's so Beatrice. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think that was Heath's first introduction to Melanie Linsky was uh-huh. watching Over the Garden Wall. Yep. And so now every time we watch something because she has such a distinctive voice, Heath is like, "Oh yeah, that's that's that woman. I don't remember her name, but yep. that's that woman." <laughs> that is that woman. It's and she's true. really had a great like upward tick of her career in the past like five years yeah i mean even just now like watching yellow jackets at the same time that i was watching don't look up i was like oh there she is and there she is and there she is that's great Mm -hmm. (laughs) and yeah so obviously cast was great um i loved the idea of christina ricci being in another thing where there's older and younger characters or actresses playing the same character because now and then is one of my favorite movies from childhood so now she's not playing the child but she's playing the adult version she's looked at love from both sides now yes (laughs) yes she has (laughs) um and so that really drew me to the show as a whole and i really liked the concept however i'm maybe about to spoil something for you okay i was really bummed because it was the week prior to the finale so i guess it was not Yesterday, but a week before that, on a Thursday, uh-huh. yep. I was out at Trivia, okay. and I was asking someone if he had watched Yellow okay. Jackets yet. And he said, yes, he hasn't watched it, but he's heard of it, and he's really excited to to watch it. And he was like, remind me again what it's about. And I told him, and he was like, oh, yeah, like the Uruguayan soccer team that crashed in the Andes in the 70s. And I was like, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, I didn't either. And somebody <laughs> told me about that, and I read a little bit about them, but I'm like a little, like, do I want to read about that? I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And I also don't want to learn history from that if some of that is informing the choices that they're making on this show. Totally. I'd rather kind of stay in the dark about that. Because totally. that's another thing that really drew me to the show as a whole is that we're so reboot and sequel heavy right now. Mm-hmm. And like they're doing like a new Lord of the Rings series that's coming out. See, and I just feel like everything's kind of like a rehash of what we've done in the past. Uh-huh. And Yellow Jackets, I thought was original content uh-huh. and it is original content yeah well not as original as i had hoped <laughs> <laughs> i'm interested to hear more about that but i think it you know it um i like going into it and i think it continues to to be such like a like i think you can view it through the lens of being a take on lord of the flies in in a way that feels like it is drawing on things past and i think there's a lot of lost in it and i think there's you know there's there's um it has precedence 
but it's doing something com- it's doing something new, hopefully new with them, and we'll we'll get into that. Um, uh, and I, I, the so the the creators have said this is a five season arc, and so I'm really excited to see where this goes. Thank you for confirming that because I also had just maybe assumed that Showtime had like signed on for all five seasons Mm -hmm. and then I couldn't find anything about that and they were renewed for a second season back in December. But yes, it's a five season arc you're saying. They they have been renewed for a second season. They are not contracted for five seasons, but the creators have planned this as a five season arc. Well, Showtime would be dumb to not keep renewing it then. I know. But like, I don't know, look at Carnival. Look at like, I mean, that's not Showtime, but like look at all these shows that get canceled before we can really dig into them. Oh, I know. Carnival was a tough one. Yeah. I need to go back and rewatch that. Yeah. And be disappointed, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right. But and then and then you have to like go online and find like the 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 show bible that like the creators wrote and try to figure out what the rest of them would have been. But hopefully we won't have to do that with yellow jackets. Hopefully not. Luckily a lot of streaming services now are getting smart. And if something gets canceled and they know it's super popular, something else will pick it up. Something else will pick it up or they'll give us a a movie to wrap things up or they'll give us something, right? That's a big eye roll for me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. You you guys couldn't see that at home because it was a great eye roll. (laughs) It was a good one. I almost (laughs) lost one eye. (laughs) So um, one of my other favorite things about Yellow Jackets is the theme song. Yes. And I just wanted to talk about it before we get into like – big plot points. Yeah, totally. Um, Because I don't think they have a theme song until maybe the third episode. Yeah, they definitely didn't in the pilot, which I just rewatched in preparation for this lovely interview. Mm-hmm. Um, interview. <laughs> I'm Brilliant. interviewing you. You're interviewing me. Let's talk about soccer players. Um, uh, it's really it's 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 drawing a lot from Ted Lasso too, you know. Yes. I don't think it's doing that. Uh, <laughs> soccer was big last year in TV. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it definitely didn't in the pilot, and and I didn't register it till the third episode, which makes sense. So yeah, let's say that. <laughs> yeah, and I was just taken back by how cool the theme song is, and wondering like, man, I wish I would have heard this when this came out. Yeah, and then to find out that yep. it's written specifically for the show is wild to me. Isn't that great? Yeah, it's, it's so cool, and it's so uh, you know I think they tapped into exactly what the show is trying to do is is doing very successfully, which is which is sort of. Uh, renewing the 90s and, and sort of showing you things from the 90s that you maybe didn't see before, but they're also new. It's great. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I love the way the opening theme is shot as well with, like, those old school, like, VHS, like, Yeah, it kind of, like, feels like found foot. It feels a little Blair Witchy, right? Yeah. <laughs> like Blair Witch meets Buffy or something, right? <laughs> and I love how the aspect ratio is, like, square. I think it's, like, 16 to 1. Uh-huh. I think that's what it is. Uh-huh. And, yeah, then in, like, one scene, it's blasted to be full screen and it's uh in the pilot character oh no no in the in the theme song in the themes oh i I have not realized that that's fantastic yeah there's a lot of footage of like different characters and you'll see like their younger self and then their older self and it kind of goes vacillates in between yep and then you'll see like old soccer footage yeah like right tracked all that but i and then there's one scene where it goes from the square yeah to full and it's Nat's face, like as she, like older Nat, trying to like figure something out, Ugh. and then it goes back to the square. Yeah. And I've always thought that was really cool. Yeah, she's worth it. Yeah, she is. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor Juliet Lewis, really like digging deep in her past with addiction. Yeah, it's wild to watch her act in those scenes. I agree. Yeah, I agree. She's great. Yeah, she's 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 always great, and I'm so happy to see her get a, a role like this that she can really dig into. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, yeah, this is a 10-episode arc. Yeah. Do you feel like that's, like, the perfect length? Because in my estimation, mm-hmm. 
Season one could not be any longer or any shorter. thought they handled the pacing really well. I believe that. Yeah, I do. Um, I think that's, yeah, I was never bored. I never felt like things were getting skirted over. Um, the one thing, I mean, the the a critique that I kept wondering if I was having with this show, like sort of act, actively grappling with, and I, I getting to the end of the end of the season, I think I, I I I think I'm okay with this, but I kept wondering if they were trying to cram too many sort of genres into this show, mm. um, which doesn't which isn't necessarily a sort of about uh, the length of it. Although if it were a shorter season. I wonder if they if they would have felt less compelled to uh, fit so many things into it. But um, the sort of the the amount that I have faith that they have actually planned this into a five season arc makes me hope that everything is going to sort of reach a conclusion. Um, I'm coming at you, lost in your polar bears. Yeah. <laughs> Not great. Not great. No. Um, and I, you know, I think, like, I, I still feel a little traumatized by that <laughs> in terms of, like, I really put my trust in you. Mm-hmm. And um, my, I mean, I like, I, I think I got this third hand, but my impression was that, like, the creator, the the, the writers of Lost would sort of, like, breed fan theories and, and be, like, sort of, oh, crap, they caught on to us and then try to pivot mm. with what they've already planned that I... I don't know if that's true. Um, fact check me and email Bernadette. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm uh, very excited and hopeful that this will sort of uh, add up to something that's lovely. Because I think one of the things that I really appreciated with this season is that um, we did get a fair amount of answers by the end of season one, which I yeah. really, really appreciated. There's still a lot of mysteries out there, um, but it's, it's not like, gosh, this is a head scratcher. I need more to put this together. Definitely. Yeah, to go back to the lost creators and writers possibly going on online and finding fan theories, I do know that the Venture Brothers creators have have said, like, stop speculating about what's going to happen. Because if we see you've written it, we're going to do something else. (laughs) So I think people do get a little protective of their shows, as they should, that if, you know, fans, like, you're not writing the show. Let let the showrunners write the show. And you just get to enjoy it and talk about it. But speculation is fine, but going so far as to say, like, this is what should happen to these characters, it's a bit much. It is a bit much, but but uh, I don't know. I, I'll voice the other side of that, which yeah. is, like, I think fans have the right to geek out about the show and talk about whatever they want to and posit their theories. And I think that writers should stick to their guns. And if they've planned something, they should, like, do that thing that they've planned and not try Fair to change enough. it just because somebody has like guessed it. Because the, the, if you if you sort of started a TV show wanting to dig into something and then like change halfway through because like they guessed your ending, like that that's not going to make a good show. That's true. <laughs> that's true. I will take that. <laughs> um, what genres do you think this show is going for then? Especially if a listener hasn't watched the show and is trying to feel out if they're interested or not. What what did you mean by that with the genres? Great question. Um, <laughs> I, I like. I don't know if Lord of the Flies is a genre, but I'm going to say it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is sort of uh, survivalist, tribalist, sort of uh, loss of innocence mm-hmm. in a pretty like uh, uh, physical and gruesome way. Yeah, Hatchet's um, kind of similar, but it's solo. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. right. Um, and so I think the sort of uh, uh, that is one. <laughs> um, uh, I think another one that they're that they're sort of putting into specifically that timeline is this sort of uh, uh, 
were, you know, there's a question I think throughout season one that hasn't completely been answered of like, is it is it folk horror or is it cult? And and maybe we'll never know the difference between that or or know sort of which side it lies on. But um, uh, but there's something that feels uh, supernatural that's happening. Um, and I, uh, the thing that really, um, I'll get into this later. I'm going to finish my genre thing. <laughs> uh, I th- and then I think, you know, in the, in the, cont- in the current, uh, situation, we have sort of a, like a, a mystery, a whodunit. We have sort of like, mm-hmm. who, who is this reporter, um, who later on, we, it's like, who killed Travis? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have sort of like all this kind of, uh, mystery whodunit stuff going on. And then we also have, um, uh, like a, a, an exploration of trauma, which is like, this happened 25 years ago and we are in real time, or we are simultaneously watching what this has done to these survivors, uh, and keeps doing to these survivors 25 years later. Right. Um, that seems like a lot to me. Um, uh, and I think in in less capable hands, it would be it would easily be too much to 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 chew. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but by the end, and I and I I I did worry about that a little bit sometimes. Um, particularly, you know, I've I've been uh, I think. Some I, I watch American Horror Story. I, I watched a couple seasons of American Horror Story and uh, couldn't get through more than a couple seasons because I just felt like with the length of the season, they just had to throw in everything in the kitchen sink to each season to make it uh, last as long as they wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the things that live uh, side by side with each other in some of those seasons, I really don't think belong next to each other. Um, and I was, and so I, I, it's, I, that's baggage I bring with me to other television <laughs> shows now of like, are you going to do that to me? Um, uh, but I don't think that Yellow Jackets has done it to me yet. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I know. Ryan Murphy has really done a number on yeah. how storytelling is told. Yeah, because unfortunately he is pretty popular. And yeah, I've been burned by Murphy before as well. So sure. I yeah. hear you. Yeah. Yeah. And I and, and there's Murphy stuff that I love, but um, Sure. Uh but yeah, the there he he throws you know he throws in a lot. And and you were just talking about haunting a hill house and yes. and I appreciate the film of Haunting of Hill House a lot more than I appreciate the TV show a little bit because I feel like the film can really um, I feel like the, the story was built to be sort of like w- one arc and mm. um, I feel like a, uh, the TV show dilutes it a little bit by sort of like having to stretch for those those episode arcs. Yeah. I see. And when you talk about liking the movie, you mean the original. I the Thank 60s. you. Yes. I mean uh, the 1960s yeah. uh, Robert Wise film is yeah. fantastic. Check it out. <laughs> It's weird because I do feel, yeah, I just watched Haunting of Hill House. I want to normalize people coming to things on their own time Mm -hmm. because we're all very busy. (laughs) And I feel like generally when I tell people I've watched something that's been out forever, the first question they ask me isn't, did you like it? It's always, how have you not seen that already? <laughs> it's just like, that's not fair. Come on. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm I'm bearing my soul to you. I finally watched this. Let's talk about that. Not not let's talk about how I missed it when it came out. There's such a and, – and I think like it's even – I feel like it's accelerated since pandemic of, because Big we're time. all just like at home watching Big our time. screens and it's like – you know, like if you didn't watch, like if you didn't watch Tiger King, you were like not cool for two weeks, and then we were all moving on to something else. That's why I didn't watch Tiger King, <laughs> <laughs> which was the right choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been watching The Haunting of Hill House. 
I also recently watched Eternals, uh-huh. and now obviously we're talking about Yellow Jackets. Mm-hmm. All three of those stories have characters in the present. Uh-huh. I'm using air quotes. Yeah, the present. Sure kind of reliving things that the audience is seeing from the past. Mm -hmm. And I think Haunting of Hill House does it really well. I really enjoyed the show. Mm -hmm. I did tell Heath when I was halfway through, once they were getting through the individual family members' personal arcs, Uh by the end of episode five into six, I think, I I told Heath, you know, I think the show has already shown its hand. Mm -hmm. So I really don't know what they're going to do with these last four episodes. Okay. I think they did some great stuff in those last four episodes, definitely. But I feel like the first six are really kind of where the show's at. Sure. Um, But I think it did it pretty well. I think when it comes to Eternals, it did it poorly. Okay. Because I don't think the characters are learning or moving forward with the way that they are showing the audience the moments from the past. Uh I think it's basically just, this is what's happening to them now. This is what was happening to them then. But having those events unfold, it felt like they were withholding information from the audience just for like an emotional payoff that it didn't didn't serve the way the story was being told. Uh Uh-huh. Totally. I think it was just trying to make sure like, well, this scene has to go somewhere. Well, let's just stick it here. (laughs) I don't think the information was really seeded the way that they thought they were seeding that information. Mm -hmm. Well... How did you feel about Yellow Jackets in that aspect, Bernadette? With Yellow Jackets, <laughs> I, I think the show did it really well because I think these characters, as they all kind of say to each other at various points throughout the show, is, no, we're all just pretending not to be fucked up, but we're really fucked up. Yeah. All of us are. Some of us, it seems like we're more fucked up than others, mm-hmm. but really we're all the same. Yep. After being stranded in the mo- in the woods for 19 months. Yep. Performing cannibalism, which we never quite get to in this show, which, not yet. which people were upset about. I'm um, not. I mean, it, it, it's, it's I guess it's a slow build. It's a slow build. And specifically knowing that this is going to be a five season arc. It's like, right. yeah, well, then you can't get there by season one. No. Right. No. And, but but <laughs> but we do open with that. Like, it's it's important to say that, like, first 30 seconds are like, OK, we What's know this? where this is going. Yeah. How is it going to get there? And that's like, I feel like the central question of the at least the flashbacks in this show, which I'm really into. Right. But I think the show does a good job of telling the story in a pretty linear manner mm-hmm. from the past mm-hmm. as well as in the present. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Eternals was kind of just all over the board like <laughs> when they were throwing in the past events. Sure. But it kind of feels like you're watching two separate stories. And in the present timeline, we're seeing the characters kind of revisit this trauma. Mm-hmm. And you'll see a scene that definitely informs why, say, Shauna is very good at skinning rabbits mm-hmm. and preparing meat. <laughs> then we'll see the scene where she learns to do that. Right. So I think they're giving you the information in a way that makes the most sense and is the most pleasing to watch for mm-hmm. a show. Mm-hmm. I will argue, though, I think my favorite television shows have a tendency to cap off their episodes as if this is an episode. This mm-hmm. is a singular piece of art. Yep. So if I had to knock Yellow Jackets for anything, mm-hmm. I don't feel like any of the episodes per se felt like this is an episode. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like it did feel like a season, like a season where it was like episode one bleeds into episode two, episode three. Sure. sure. I didn't feel like any of the s- standalone episodes could have just been like I could just watch that, right? Um, and get what I need from just that one singular piece of art. Yep. Whereas with say. Like Haunting of Hill House, the episode 
the bent neck lady I mean, or two storms sure. those are just like perfect episodes of television yep. by themselves i agree and you can just watch that yep and i didn't get that from yellow jackets but that's probably not necessarily what they're supposed to be giving you yeah you know? I, right i didn't get that either but i think that um i think this show maybe more than hill house and more than a lot of shows is the 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 engine that is driving it is more about mystery and so I think it's, you know, at, right. at the end, of, I felt like at the end of, I'm I'm thinking of a, a few of the episodes, and I think at, at, at the end of every episode, we at least sort of arrived at a new question. Yes, which is um, important. So it was pushing things forward. It didn't feel like, um, uh, it didn't feel like that's my dog six feet under. It didn't feel like sort of like a like an episode that you can just, is an episode. But, um, right. but the more important thing to me by far was that we got to the end of the season and it felt like I had a complete season. Correct. Um, in a way that it was like, yes, there are cliffhangers. Yes, we understand that this can move forward and then there, there are still questions to be answered. But it answered a lot of the questions that it raised in the beginning of the show. Um, and, and I didn't feel like I have no idea what the show is doing. Sure. Yeah. It very much felt like if you said it's going to be five seasons, this was part one. Yep. Totally. Of a five part arc. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Which, yeah, really enjoying it so far. Yeah. Yeah. So, did you see, because we kind of saw it coming, which was kind of a bummer. Okay. Shauna's husband, Jeff. Uh huh. We kind of figured it was him all along doing the blackmail situation. Ooh, we figured okay. it wasn't the new boyfriend. Okay. The boyfriend yep. seemed a little dopey. Yeah. It seemed like he was being a little weird. Yeah. But I figured that was a misdirect. How um, did you feel? I did not catch on that it was Jeff. Um, uh, I, uh, I, I aim to be as smart as you, but I'm still working on it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say it. it's a smart thing. <laughs> um, I didn't catch on that it was Jeff. I did um, – uh, and I, I like Adam was Adam was really obvious, right? Um, exactly, yeah. Uh, but there were things that I like. There were parts of his obviousness that I was that I was like, that's that's actually too obvious to be a coincidence. Like the the one thing, I mean, she rear-ended him in the beginning, so that's a strike. Uh, like against him being the culprit, right? In terms of like, actually, she was the instigator of that whole thing, mm-hmm. unless he like stopped short on purpose. What you know, there's you could, I guess you could, you could figure that out if you really needed to. But um, right. Uh, the thing that I still can't get past actually is uh, why he's at that hotel. Um, it does seem very coincidental. It feels so coincidental, and it feels like I have never met somebody who goes to a hotel bar to get a drink. Um, who who is not staying at that hotel? Um, it's particularly like if 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 we're believing this image that he's like a hipster artist, then like I don't think a hotel bar is where he's going to go for a get to get a drink. So, I uh, you know by the end of the by the end of the season, we realize that he's not the one who's blackmailing. But I'm still not super convinced of his full innocence. Yeah, yeah. Because was she at the bar before he was, or was he at the bar and she shows up? Um. I can't remember. Uh, she goes to the front desk and he meets her there. So we don't know if he was in there before she was. Okay. But uh, but we we see him after she's entered the hotel. Got it. Because, yeah, I, I do think if you were – if we hadn't learned that it was Jeff uh-huh. and if you still thought it could have been Adam, he definitely could have, you know, Googled her after the car accident and then thought, oh, maybe I can get something out of this. Could could be and, that. You know, right. That right. could have been the move. And then maybe he could have, like, followed her to that hotel. Right. But, yeah, since that's not the story, <laughs> it is kind of weird 
that he was at that hotel bar. And ju- well, and I guess my thing is like just because he wasn't the one who blackmailed does not mean he is not part of the cult. Does not mean he like there are, there are things that he could be right. So oh, like, that's true. Spoiler alert! About the very end of the season, like <laughs> there's a there's cult. A cult. <laughs> there's a cult, and they seem like pretty unified, and they and they seem pretty strong. So um, so I'm not convinced that he didn't uh, that he didn't begin with motives. Uh, and that it's not sort of a red herring on top of a red herring. Sure. That's a very, very good point. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. I did love the scene, uh, speaking of Shauna and Jeff and her very messy love triangle that she sets up for herself. I mean, two great options. Yeah. (laughs) Really cute guys. (laughs) Yeah. The fact that Jeff came to bat for her in front of Jackie's parents was very heartwarming. Yeah. I was like, oh, I think I might kind of like this guy a little bit. Yeah. Wasn't Even that great? Maybe they shouldn't be together, but yeah, I kind of like him. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. right, and I and I mean, and it it supports that reveal that happens at the end, right? Of yeah. of Jeff has has known exactly who she is this whole time and loves her for that. Yeah, um, which I think uh, sheds more light on sort of how he how he finds the courage to stand up for her in that moment. Um, that he uh, that he does sort of know exactly who she is. Um, and he's and he's not if we if we if we believe him fully he's not cheating yeah um, and he's like you know we we have we have spent a season thinking about him in a certain light that um, that very well is could be not the light that we should be looking at him in right so the the season finale does reveal exactly how Jackie passed away mm-hmm. and you do have to wonder if that's in Shauna's journal. Mm-hmm. And if Jeff knows about that too, uh-huh. if that's something she would have written about, or uh-huh. if she would have stopped writing after that rift with Jackie in the first place, that her writing led to that rift. Sure. Maybe she stops writing. Yep. So we don't really know what Jeff knows about Jackie's death. We don't. I uh, I think my instinct was to believe that she had written about it be- because of the conversation that they have and because uh, I think they sort of talk about Jackie and it when when he says that he's am I remembering this right that I, I think he sort of brings up Jackie when he says that he knows everything and yeah. sort of forgives her a little bit for that as much or or, or reassures her that um, that that wasn't her fault yeah that's a good point um, yeah I did think that that was the most powerful scene of the season finale which one was Jackie being found in the cold Oof. Because, yes, we do have that scene where you think you're kind of seeing a reconciliation. But as soon as that started happening, I knew that's not what was happening. (laughs) Because I knew she had to die at some point. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, it was just a very well done scene. A very well done scene. Um, a very well done scene, and and uh, I I was rewatching the pilot on to to prepare for this episode, and um, it was really fun to sort of see that that like initial conversation when they're talking about what to do about Allie the freshman, um, and their strategy is to freeze her out, and so we just like have the concept of of, of freezing somebody out that literally comes to fruition, and uh, when we talk about that, Jackie is not a part of that; she's already frozen out of that group. Uh, and and what we see is that like um, is that Taisa is is sort of the born leader of that group, is the one sort of calling the shots, and there is something external. There's the coach who's saying, "No, I think Jackie should be the leader of this," and Jackie sort of has the um, the politics to do that. Um, and that and and I think what we see over the first season is what happens when that external influence goes away, and when people are getting down to sort of like. Uh, 
this is this this stops being political. This is now primal, and who are we going to follow? And yeah. we see, I think, a lot of the 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 um, arc of Act One is the sort of. Uh, um, uh, stripping away of of those outside influences and these women getting down with themselves, um, which we yeah. see, I think, in the I think it's the final episode where uh, where Coach Scott really loses his um, loses any authority he has, where he's basically told like sit down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially the fact that he loses his leg. Towards yeah. the very beginning of the show, in the yeah. past, you you kind of know how it's going to go from there on out. <laughs> They're literally crippling the man who's with them. So, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. That was very well said. Thanks. You too. <laughs> um, yeah, I the Taisa character I think is the most frustrating Ooh. out of the main four. Okay, just because I I like her so much, and I really like the younger Taisa a lot. Yeah. And I think she's very strong and very level-headed for the most part. We're kind of starting to see that deteriorate a little bit. Uh-huh. But uh, that reveal that reveal was such a bummer <laughs> that Thaisa actually is pretty cuckoo bananas uh-huh. and is uh, yep. possibly because, – because my theory, mm-hmm. to jump onto another thing. Let's do it. Is that Thaisa, Nat – Misty and Shauna mm-hmm. are the women who have tried to come back into society. I think there's a point in the show, possibly, yep. where there's a possibility of getting rescued, and some of them choose it, and some of them don't. Mm. And I'm thinking that some of the cult members are surviving members of this team who chose to stay Ooh. in the cult as opposed to come back into society. Okay. And so I kind of feel like Thaisa is kind of on the edge. Like, uh-huh. she came back to society, and why? Uh-huh. But really, I think she kind of just wants to be back in that. Or maybe she's been brainwashed too much that she really can't fully get out of it. Even yeah. Even though for some odd reason she decided to come back, it's hard to say. Right. And I think that's that's fascinating. And I think that one of the um, one of the sort of questions we're left with at the end of the season is, like, how I think we – I think we are led to sort of add up that um, that Taisa uh, has has a uh, let's say a different side of her personality that um, that is doing bad things and the bad, um, one. the bad one and the question is how aware is like daytime Taisa of that other presence within her right um, and for me I, th- I like my assumption at the end of the season was that. Uh, she uh, that has successfully been bifurcated. She is sort of unaware of that. And the smile at the end of season one to me was maybe those are starting to spill into each other a little bit more than before. And she is starting to sort of um, admit to herself and add up that that is a side of her. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'd imagine to come out of this, it's just so sad. Every time you watch something that has this level of drama and trauma. Yeah. You just wish, oh, man, girls, if you would have just said when you got out of the wilderness, these are the terrible things we had to do. (laughs) We were children. Yep. If they could have just aired out all of that dirty laundry immediately, they could have actually gotten help for their trauma. Sure. Um, Because, you know, I haven't done cannibalism, but I've done things in my life where it'd be nice to be able to just forget that I did those things. Yep. Granted, I did pay 
for those misgivings and misdeeds. Yeah. Certainly. But sometimes when you think about yourself, you're so far removed from that thing that you did that you just think like, oh, well, that wasn't really me. Like, that was someone else. I'm a different person now. Yep. Um, Nothing like cannibalism, obviously. But yeah, it's... (laughs) Let's not judge too harshly. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Don't want to cannibal shame anybody. (laughs) Don't knock it till you try it, I guess, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I would do it if it was something that... Was allowed. Have you heard of the gentleman who got no. into like a motorcycle accident? No. And he and his friends had always said like if any of us lose a limb. We're eating we're, it? Yeah, we're, we're going to eat it. Okay, I've not and heard about this. He Go somehow on. convinced the doctor to let him keep his foot that had to be amputated. Yeah. And they made tacos out of it. They had foot tacos. So like this dude ate his foot. And if something like that were to happen, uh-huh. I would try that. Okay. okay. If a friend or myself was like, I'm allowing this to happen. Yeah. Let's do it. Wow. I, I feel like I know so much more about you. Yeah. I love that. The um, show unlocked something. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I have, like, as a um, as a vegetarian. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but as a vegetarian, some of the hardest things for me to watch in the season were some of the animal stuff. Yeah. Um, was, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I, which is, you know, which is very sort of like, um, uh, like how can we how can how can I be so um uh numb to like human pain and so like empathetic with a deer? But like that's a that's a, a conversation for me and my therapist. Yeah, I I do think it's a little strange that I have a dog and a cat, uh-huh. but I'm still a meat eater. I'm still hey, a carnivore. So you know <laughs> I, I do sometimes wrestle with those sure. those thoughts as well. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just to see these poor women deal with their trauma and know that they never really could get help for this trauma because they weren't willing to admit yeah. either to themselves or to authorities that yeah. this is what they had done. Yeah. So poor Thaisa probably took the brunt of it. I think so, yeah. yeah having to compartmentalize that part of her life away yeah. just to appear normal, mm-hmm. especially in that scene where she and Shauna are laying in the bed. And Shauna was like, did you ever think about all the things you would have done? I would have done this, and I would have done that, and I would have done this. Yeah. And Taiza says all of the things she would have done, and Shauna said, but you did do those things. <laughs> and Taiza said, yeah, but it feels like a different person did. Yep. And yeah, that was very heartbreaking. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I did have a thought watching this show and just thinking about it in general. That I don't think – I'm not saying about women in general or men in general. Uh-huh. I think if you're going to get stranded in the woods mm-hmm. at all, high school is the perfect age <laughs> to get stranded. Okay. <laughs> because I think you're so ingrained in school yeah. and learning. Yeah. I think once you get out of that atmosphere, mm-hmm. you kind of start to lose things that you've learned in science class or, sure. you know, different Girl's valuable – right. Yeah. You know, pieces of information. God bless Misty Quigley. Right? Look at all the knowledge she has. <laughs> Look at all that knowledge. <laughs> I, I do feel like if you're outside of the school setting and you're not around that all the time, it's easy to lose those things that you've learned. Uh-huh. And also, high school age, do you have a certain type of naivete that, like, you kind of think, oh, I can do this? Uh-huh. Like, you're not as hardened to the reality of the world yet. You're still a little optimistic. <laughs> And you're also more willing to give in to things like the craft or, you know, having like witchy sensibilities and sentimentalities. Like high school and middle school 
basically. Sure. But high school is the age where you're still kind of like holding on to those things. Like, yeah. Yeah. I could be in this coven. Totally. I'm not holding on to that anymore. Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm still holding on to that. But uh, I agree with what you mean about high school. Um, (laughs) uh, And it's interesting. I mean, so uh, one of the, one of the, um, I, I, I sort of, read a few think pieces about about this show um and one of them was talking about sort of what uh what changes in the story um basically what changes in lord of the flies when you when you put it onto women um and one of the um the central thing that the article was talking about was like it takes longer to devolve which i think is interesting like mm-hmm. that um that uh these women in high school sort of like have more of a grasp on how to deal with this that takes longer to get to um, like chaos and anarchy or, or tribalism or whatever we want to call where they're going. Um, and I think that's interesting. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there there's a rationale to be civil mm-hmm. a little bit longer. Yep. Um, they don't have that tendency of they're all fighting for a hierarchy. Uh-huh. I love that they chose a soccer team yep. to travel as opposed to, like, a basketball team or even baseball where you have different people doing, like, very specific things. Mm-hmm. Granted, in soccer, of course, you have different positions. You have your forwards, your midfielders, your defenders. There are different positions for sure. But the beauty of soccer, having a soccer team, is that they really move as a whole. There's really no defender can't go past this certain spot or you know they can all move about the field except for the goalie obviously yep and even the goalie can move forward and score a goal it's just a risky move so i like the idea of like a it being women Mm -hmm. like you mentioned Mm -hmm. and b it being a soccer team where there's a bigger understanding of how they move as like an amoebus form Mm -hmm. rather than basketball where like half of your team is on the bench Sure. Or you only have, like, five people in, and it's usually, like, your five best. Yeah. I feel like soccer's a little bit more understanding of, like, every single person has a role to play. Yep. And all of those roles are important. Yep. And I would like to think that if it were a male soccer team, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it wouldn't be as interesting of a show. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but if you were, I, I do think that soccer is the most ripe when it comes to sports teams uh-huh. to really interrogate how people work with each other huh. in like a team environment huh interesting do you and play soccer i did play a little bit of soccer there she is i am a big soccer fan <laughs> <laughs> if there's any uh professional sport i mean i get really into like olympic soccer mm. and i get really into world cup soccer Great. and i'll sometimes watch some of the other tournaments um but yeah if i had a sport to pick obviously it would be soccer cool. so yeah big fan for sure yep yeah, yeah. um and that's, I mean, that to 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 take a to sort of state the obvious and take a little step back. That's one of the other things that sort of uh, defines this group and how they can work with each other is that they 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 already understand what it is to be on a team together, um, which is something that is different than Lord of the Flies and something that is different than sort of any other group that could sort of lit, crash land there. Is like right. these these women have. Um, have taken a lot of time to learn how to work together, to learn how to respect a hierarchy, challenge it when needed, to sort of like work out some of the things uh, that make it, I think, uh, easier for them to jump right into this and to say, okay, 
uh, who like who has the the knowledge that we need right now, who should sort of act as team leader, which um, is it Misty? Maybe. Is it other people? <laughs> Maybe. Um, uh, and and what can we do to follow? And it's you know, it's interesting that that ends up sort of being Jackie's downfall. Um, yeah. Is that uh, is that Jackie's skill is politics and politics isn't needed in the forest. Right. And it is, I don't know, I think that the show is kind of nice for people who maybe have struggled in anything, high school, life in general, who haven't really been handed everything, Mm -hmm. how much more that can sometimes help you. Sure. If you're in a situation like this. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But you know, it could happen tomorrow. Whenever you happen, right. (laughs) I mean, I I live on a mountain. I get it. Right. (laughs) Um, just because, you know, obviously Jackie, there's a good speech again between Sean and Jackie where Sean was like, you've been handed everything. Yep. Like everyone just follows your lead all the time. Like you have no issues at home. Everything is just perfect for you. And it does reflect how in the society that's forming in the woods, Jackie is kind of seen as the one who can't do anything. Right. Because she hasn't had to learn yep. how to do anything. Yep. And she doesn't really know how to help others because she's never really had to in the past. Totally. And so, yeah, that kind of feels nice if, like, you were a scrappy young kid and had to kind of, like, figure things out on your own. And right. things weren't handed to you. Yeah. It kind of feels nice and reassuring watching a show saying, like, For the you can survive. the of the world, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> if we're going to talk about Misty, too. Let's talk about Misty. Um, I do love that my husband, Heath, when we're watching the show, it's like the second episode. He was like, I don't know what the show's doing trying to tell me that that's not an attractive person. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's looking at the girl with glasses and blonde curly hair. It made me feel really nice. Good. Because listeners, I don't know if you know what I look like. <laughs> I'm a bespectacled blonde curly hair girl. <laughs> so that made me feel really nice. Yes. But uh, Misty's great. Misty's great. Um, I, I, like, like, winner for best name on the show, Misty Quigley. Yes. It's Obviously. a good name. Um. I, I, I think we go back and forth a little bit about sort of how much to empathize with her versus how sort of sociopathic she is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, you know, destroying the black box is a big deal. Yes. <laughs> uh, destroying, maybe. Destroying the black box <laughs> is maybe a big deal. What, uh, tell me more about that maybe. Well, he had said when we were watching it, he was just like, I don't know if that's how that works. Because <laughs> I think Misty was seeing it as like, this is a way we could communicate with the outside world. Mm-hmm. And my understanding, I could be totally wrong, listeners. Um, I didn't do any research for this. <laughs> <laughs> We're flying blind. Yeah. Um, is that it sends out signals of where it is. So at this point, it would have already done its job if it was still working. So that by the time Misty broke it, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. But I could be wrong. Um, tune in next week we will have a flight expert who will answer these questions for us that'd be nice (laughs) (laughs) um but uh but like in the world of the show like i i the i got to the point of um episode nine i think was doom coming right um yes uh and like the two huge things i think are like destroying the black box and then like getting everybody high on shrooms that feels like it's going to spiritually lead to the cult and the cannibalism and it's right. like mist this is all misty <laughs> it's true that's a this very is good point all misty we could um, go even deeper though and wonder if this patch of land sucks things out of the sky 
Ooh, because yeah. did they land because there was a technical difficulty in the plane or did they land because they were going to land no matter what? That's true. We, that's something that I never even thought about, but we never get clarification on what went wrong in the plane, do we? Right. right. And especially knowing that there was that other plane that crashed and it seemed like another survivor had died. You well, kind of I wonder. don't. We never, we never find out that that was a plane that crashed, right? Because right. there's a fully functioning plane there. That's true. And there's somebody in a cabin, but we haven't, we haven't found remnants of another plane crash. That true. could be somebody who came there on purpose. On purpose. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. Yeah, we don't have those answers yet, which is mm-hmm. very compelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, why uh, did the teddy bear catch on fire? I also had wondered that. <laughs> Um, I didn't know if, if it was just, you know, sometimes things are flammable and sure. I don't know that they're flammable, uh-huh. but I don't know why it would just catch on fire randomly. Uh-huh. It kind of felt like maybe it Spirit, was just... It was maybe supernatural. Right. Yeah. I'm not um, certain. I'm not certain either. And I, right. And I think the the show is doing a really good job at multiple points of sort of, uh, uh, Keeping us asking the question of, like, is there a logical explanation for that? Um, because I, I was really trying – like, I think, I think we, were, we were being asked to really turn, in over, turn over in our heads. Like, is it something about cabin pressure? Is it something about, like, could, is there any logical explanation for that catching on fire? Um, right. I forget the, the term for this product, but the things that you put in stuffed animals. Uh-huh. Polyfill, I think it's called. <laughs> okay. I do think polyfill is – Flammable. Yeah, totally. But it's like, pretty flammable. Flammable but... things can catch fire if there's fire around, but don't usually just combust, right? Right. Like I, I would if, – if stuffed animals just caught on fire if they go to an airplane, there would be a lot of kids. There would be a lot less kids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's true. I know sometimes Heath will be working with chemicals because he does a lot of woodworking uh-huh. and there will be rags uh-huh. and he can't just throw the rag away because it needs to have ventilation. Yes. He has and to if, let it dry out first right. in a wide open atmosphere. And if you put those in a bundle, they will combust. Yes. combust Yeah. So I um, don't know. I don't know. And and I mean, something I hadn't even considered is like, did somebody Sabotage. screw with that teddy bear? Right? Did right. somebody put some chemical into that teddy bear that was gonna that was gonna react in that way? I, I know. know. I know you want to say Misty. <laughs> well, we've seen Misty put things into other things. Yes. Hashtag yes, Jessica. R.I.P. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> um, yeah, she really set up Jessica to be working her with those cigarettes to know that. Oh my gosh! She'll go right. for the cigarette. Well, right? How? Like how? I mean, she she is a compelling citizen detective. Yes, she is. She's very <laughs> good at her job. Dare she I is. Say. Yeah, I think <laughs> she is too. Um, I. But going back to the plane really quickly, I think yeah. Laura Lee is one of the most interesting characters because it makes me wonder why she even wants to be on a soccer team with all of these heathens. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know? Totally. Well, I mean, I think, you know, if, if, if the Lord gave her gifts in soccer, she's going to follow those gifts, right? That's true. Um, I mean, that's how you honor him. That's how you honor him. You, you do what you're on, put on this earth to do. Just right. like Dolly Parton. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um. So, uh, and and uh, uh, Vision Girl's Ronnie, is that right? Lottie. Lottie. Th- sorry, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, Lottie. So, we see Lottie, Lottie, Lottie. taking Lottie. Um, <laughs> we see Lottie taking the anti-psych meds, right? And we see her run out of them. And then we yes. see her start to get the visions. Yes. Um, which feels like a perfectly logical explanation for somebody going crazy. But we also see her predict an accident. Mm-hmm. So, there are things in this show 
that it feels like this show keeps asking us to to as a viewer I felt I felt like I was uh, uh, asking all the time like is there a logical explanation for this but then there, there are a couple things where it's like it's uh, that car accident scene with her and her parents uh, make me believe that she pretty definitively has a gift right I agree um, uh, which I think colors the whole show right um, and uh, I think the I, I'm so used to dismissing cults as crazy people getting together that um, that when we get to the end of season one and we see people kidnap Juliet Lewis, which is a cardinal sin, um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm so used to believing. Look at these crazy brainwashed people, but Lottie has a gift. So it seems like she does. It seems like she does, and so um, uh, the the idea that actually. The cult is right is a wild idea. Yeah. It is a little confusing because obviously there are seeds of discontent in this group of women. Sure. Leading up to the penultimate episode and the finale. Sure. And there's that scene where Lottie said, we're not going to be hungry for much longer. Mm -hmm. And then you see the bear come. Mm -hmm. Now, I really don't understand how that bear came, Mm -hmm. why it was so easy to kill. I don't really have any answers for that. But what my take was on we're not going to be hungry for much longer was that she already knew that something was going to happen between these women. Uh People were going to start dying because the tension was so high. Uh So I almost felt like it was a prediction of cannibalism. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we don't, you know, we we, we don't know. We don't know if we're going to eat Jackie yet. Correct. I mean, I don't know how good meat is after it's frozen all night. I don't really. Oh, I feel like freezing is a a pretty good, yeah, (laughs) pretty good way to preserve anything. Yeah, Um, yeah, I would, I would think that that would actually be some of the healthiest meat you could have. Just the fact that her like organs failed, sure, and were left in the body. I just Uh don't really know how that works. I don't either. I don't want to sound like I know how that works either, (laughs) (laughs) just in case. Um, But that was kind of my interpretation, maybe, of what Lottie was seeing happening, too. So I feel like, yes, it could be visions and it could be a gift. Uh Or it could also be, I'm going to say this crazy thing. These girls kind of believe that I have this crazy foresight going Mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. So maybe it'll happen just because I'm saying it. So how does that line up with the car crash? The car crash was just a fluke. You think it was just a fluke? Possibly. Yeah. I I feel like possibly the car crash, she Mm -hmm. screams, Mm -hmm. and the parents don't drive into the intersection. Yep. And then the car crash happens, right? And that could be just whatever. It could have just been her screaming for something else, and then it happened to save them from an accident, and then Mm -hmm. the parents think like – all right, we got to get this girl on drugs. <laughs> Sounds like you're you're pretty far away from your high school craft self right now. I know. I told you. It's not a good age to get stranded in the woods. Sure. Right. <laughs> I would not do well right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm not really sure. I think right. it could go either way. Yep. But pretty early on when we started seeing Lottie like off the meds mm-hmm. saying these things, I'm like, she's the one with the headdress in – that, that oh, right. Scene. And they, I mean, they're that definitely like foreshadowed. Easy. Right. And by the end of it, they're just pretty much like, yeah, that's her. Right. That's her. Right. I mean, the, I love the shot of her like leaving the front door and sort of standing right in front of the antlers. Um, yes. And you're just seeing that image. Uh, very excited for her ascent. Definitely. <laughs> Do we know who the girl is who fell into the pit? I think we don't. 
Okay. Um, I think we don't. And rewatching the pilot, I, I, I rewatched the pilot after because, uh, like, I rewatched that scene right after to, to try to figure that out. Um, and they're pretty, they, they definitively don't show the face. Right. They definitively do show Jackie's necklace. Yes. Um, but uh, I, I have a was... feeling that's not Jackie. <laughs> yeah, I think that was a red herring um, to make you believe it was Jackie. The I think whole so time. too. Yeah. Right. Um, but also, I, 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 I don't think this is about my TV's contrast. I think she had dark hair. So mm-hmm. let's see what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I, and, and the, uh, in in an interview with the cast, uh, the 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 woman who plays Young Misty was talking about how she was the only uh, actor of the regulars that uh, was actually in the cannibal scene. Um, who she, we see her and we see her face and we know that she's a part of that. Yeah. And everybody else is masked and and uh, I don't know if it's specifically or not, but they did not put the actual cast in there so that that remains a mystery and you can't be like, well, that's about that tall and that's the color of hair, right? Oh, um, that's very clever. Yeah, we do see some we do see some costume elements that make us sort of think about some people and obviously by the end of the. Uh, by the end, we see the the third one is Van, right? I love Van. I love Van. Van is the only one who I really believe is on a soccer team. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and I love that about her. <laughs> yeah, Liv Hewson caught my eye during Santa Clarita Diet. Great. And I've just been following her ever since. She's yeah. great. She's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I really, I was really devastated when the wolves got her, and then really. Uh, confused and excited when they didn't. <laughs> yes. I, I did not know how she survived, but I was glad she had survived. Yeah. And yeah. that, you know, that's uh, that's another thing of like, did the, did the island, see, I'm talking, I'm talking oh, in lost gosh. terms now, yeah, you but are. did the forest not want her to die? <laughs> um, like, what was that? I don't know. It's a very um, good point. Uh, but she, but she is the third one in the cult, and and you see somebody wearing her t shirt at the at at the flashback. The the person who discovers the girl who fell into the pit is wearing her t shirt. Mm-hmm. May or may not be her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it makes you wonder if Van didn't die because the forest didn't need a sacrifice yet, because mm-hmm. it seemed very sacrificial having her on that pyre, right, sure. to burn her body, yeah. and then yeah. she somehow was alive. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very cool. Yeah. And I you know the 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 other fun thing that I think it does is like I uh I think the show tries to get you to assume uh throughout season 1 that we are seeing the four survivors and I think that's left wide open at the end of season 1. Mm-hmm. Um uh and so maybe maybe Vance around, who knows. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it always does seem too that if any of these women are close to death mm-hmm. one of the others interferes in some way huh tell me um, more except for jackie and it's because the entire team iced her Throws out Throws her out yeah like you said yeah because i i do i don't like that nat got kidnapped but not getting kidnapped stopped her from committing suicide like uh-huh. she probably would have committed suicide if no one would have come and kidnapped her she looked like she was pretty close she looked like she was questioning whether or not she was going to go through with it yep and then yeah, same thing with, like, Misty watching her through that creepy owl camera. Yeah. Like, doing drugs, Misty had to interfere. Granted, yeah. that was because Misty's a nutcase mm-hmm. and decides to spy on her friends. Yeah. But again, it was another indication of, It's like, for their own good. Yeah. <laughs> for this team kind of, like, making sure that no one dies until they're meant to die. Yep. Which kind of seems like 
they made a sacrifice mm-hmm. of Travis mm-hmm. because maybe the forest deemed it necessary. Maybe the cult themselves think that they have an understanding of when the forest needs like fresh blood, uh-huh. mm-hmm. but it has to be systematic. Like mm-hmm. there has to be a time when these characters die. They just can't die yeah. whenever they want. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I think it's so interesting. Like we're, um, I think it's great how primed we are as an audience for like the idea that the forest is alive and it needs human blood. Yes. <laughs> I was like, it wasn't a hard sell for me. It wasn't a hard sell for me either. And but like it's a lot of jumps that we have to make to like get there. Right. Yes, like, the show isn't the explicitly show is, doing this. The show has not said that yet. No. <laughs> um uh and we don't know. I mean, you know, what uh, let's talk about what we know about the cult so far. Okay, really not much at all. Really not much at all. We, it, we it know has, they exist. Yeah. We know they exist in the current day. And it hasn't even necessarily been confirmed that they're the one who killed Travis. Hasn't been confirmed that they're the one who killed Travis, although uh, I pretty thought it was... Pretty heavily implied. Pretty heavily implied. I thought it was, like, interesting, um, and I love how this sort of played with our uh, idea of of trauma, right? Of, like like... It felt like progress for Natalie to accept that Travis killed himself. It felt mm-hmm. like, it felt like sh- maybe she was being paranoid the whole time, and maybe this is part of her healing process. But uh, she was also totally um, throwing out the window what Misty figured out about the candles on the ground, right? Um, and the symbol, yeah, which didn't go away, right? Right. Um, so I think uh, so. We we know that we know that it has something to do with the symbol. We haven't had the symbol explained yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and the we, symbol existed prior to these women showing up. The symbol was on the tree, right. right? The symbol was. Have we seen it more place than on a tree? I don't think so. I don't think we've seen it in the house. Oh no, we have. We've seen it on the floor of the attic. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, and we, if we've seen it on the floor of the attic and we've seen the dead person in the attic, mm-hmm. then we can we can think about a connection there. Sure. Um, that either he killed himself there or was left there purposely. Sure. Right. Or just died there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't know what time period he's from. I, I'm no. trying to think about, like, the artifacts in the house really could be as old as, like, 1800s, it feels like. Yes. I mean, that, that gun feels uh, – maybe that gun feels 1900s. Probably. I'm not uh-huh. as familiar with. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get a gun expert and a flight expert yes. in next week. Yes. <laughs> um, but yes, and also with the cult showing up to kidnap Natalie, there was one man in the cult? We don't really know. It seemed like one of them had to have been a man because one seemed pretty tall in stature, broader shoulders. Yep. It looked like the other three, because I think there were four total. Uh-huh. I it seemed like the other three women. could have been women. I got that vibe as well. Yep. So you have to wonder if the male is Javi, yeah. the younger brother of Travis. Where's Javi? Where's Javi? We don't know. Where's Javi? Javi went into the forest. Yeah. And did not come back. Didn't Hasn't come back yet. But very um, well could be part of that circle yeah. of, you know, animal it's, people. Totally. Totally. And it's funny that um, I, somehow my assumption – in that scene was that these were hench people and these were not the people we know about. And Which the, could also be true. The cult has grown to include people who are not the people that that we know from the 90s. Yeah. Um, Which also begs the question, if they are recruiting new people, what is that process? Sure. 
Because if the group of women who are living in reality, uh-huh. reality, <laughs> society, I should say. There you go. <laughs> Reality's a construct. If they <laughs> have made a pact to not divulge the uh-huh. events of the woods, mm-hmm. how are the people who maybe chose to stay in the woods, how are they divulging that knowledge without it getting out to a greater public? Sure. And and I, I think that I, I think it's an assumption that they stayed in the woods. I think there's another option that they did get rescued and are continuing this work wherever right. they are. Because we, we know – what do we know? It feels like um, uh, we have the idea um, – I think Lottie says about the plane, it didn't want him to leave, right? Correct. Uh, with the vines growing on the plane. I, uh, living in a murder cabin, I know that vines grow everywhere. So. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, can't stop vines. Can't stop vines. Um, <laughs> I, so I don't I, – so that didn't feel as specific to me as it maybe did for somebody who has not battled vines as much as I have. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, but we have that idea, right? Mm-hmm. We have the seed of that idea planted that there's something about this land. Um, and I guess what I'm interested in is – or one question that I have moving forward is um, uh, is Lottie special on her own – and is the land special on its own? And are these two things destined to for one another, or is it just uh, is it just chance chemistry that these two things are bonding with each other, Lottie and the land? Right. Are they feeding off of one another? Yeah, Lottie and the land would be another great name for this Lottie show. Lottie and the land. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also love that, like Yellow Jackets, the idea of naming this team and this high school specifically, how Yellow Jackets kind of work. As yeah. a hive and hive mind and yeah. all of that's just like another layer yeah. to add Agreed. to this entire show. Agreed. Yeah. I love that towards the beginning of this podcast, I said, I don't think fans should write fan fiction. Listen, listeners, I'm speculating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We spent like the latter half of this just We're going like, to tell you how season five is going to go. Right. <laughs> honestly, if you are welcome to it. You're welcome to come back and we can talk about each season oh gosh, as they come out. I'm ready. That can be a cathode yeah. cast staples that we talk about yellow jackets. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Because I know I'm not always the best at following up. Like we'll talk about one season of something uh-huh. and then the second season will come out and we okay. just don't get to cover it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm holding us to this. Okay. I'll see you. Are we making some kind of pact? I believe we are. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems fitting. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to <laughs> sacrifice Mike Burge. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything else you wanted to get into to cover? We're kind of nearing towards the end, but yeah. um, let's see. I uh, still rooting for Kevin. Think he's very cute. Yeah, me Kevin too. The cop. Me too. It kind of made the cop? yeah, yeah. It kind of made me sad that he like had like a rebound date for the reunion. Yeah, it, yeah. it kind of bummed me out. But. Yeah. Me too, but it but it was, you know, it was it was the right thing for him to do. I get it. Yeah, and it kind of seemed like he kind of needed just some Natalie closure, and he kind of got that. I'm not, I don't think they're done. Hopefully not. Hopefully I don't not. think they're done. Because it seems like he's good for her. He's I, good for her, and she knows that, and she, you know, yes. that, I mean, that, that was heartbreaking, that phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that, no, he showed up, right? He, yeah, he shows right. up. That was, that was a heartbreaking scene for me, to watch her. 
to watch her know that she, she feels like she needs to shoot herself in this foot foot because she doesn't deserve this. I know. Um, self sabotage for sure. Self sabotage. I'm not a stranger to that. So. Happens to the best of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I. Is there anything else to dig into? Because, I mean, we we talked about Shauna f- for the most part. We talked about her a little bit more in her relationship to the men in her life, which, you know, isn't the greatest coverage. But <laughs> that's kind of what she's used for should in the show some, somewhat. Should we do some, like, Bechdel <laughs> dive for, for Shauna? She has a daughter that we could talk about the relationship yeah. with. <laughs> that's um, true. I... But I think uh, – some people are allotting Melanie Linsky and uh, the young actress. I have it pulled up on my phone. These mm-hmm. young actresses are going to be great because we're going to be seeing their names yeah. from here on out. Very excited. Um, Sophie and Elise. But yeah, some people are allotting those two actresses as like the touchstone for, uh-huh. for the show. The one mm-hmm. that really like grounds it. Yeah. And I could agree with that. I do. I think I think, of, I think as, as if there is a protagonist, it is them. Right. I agree. Um, and I wonder, too, if each season is going to feel like one of the different women is more of the protagonist. That'd be fun. Because I think that would be a great take. Yeah. We have, I mean, you know, thinking of it, we have, if we, if we, if we continue, we don't know what's going to happen, but if we continue to have four main women, uh, there's seasons one through four, and then five is a little mashup of everything. Great. I'll take that structural device. Yes. Right. <laughs> Especially if, you know, the fifth season, it's revealed maybe someone's trying to get out of the cult and trying go. to regain like come back into society yep. and it could be van that'd be great <laughs> uh, we're just we're just van stands i know. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah love her i mean i love the masks the, yes um, it was very sweet it was very sweet um but yeah so i have not watched scream yet the new scream mm-hmm. however i know that the young taisa mm-hmm. is in scream is it's she true. one of the main characters uh she is she's featured prominently yeah very she's cool. great um, I, I'm I'm so excited to see where this goes. Yeah, I, yeah. and I, I'm very. I love that it feels like you have a pretty strong take on like what's going on with the cult, and I love that. Well, it's funny. It kind of formed while we were talking about it. Sometimes uh-huh. it takes like the sussing it out yeah, in my right, head to right. really come up with something. Yeah, I think it's a fun theory. Yeah, it doesn't need to happen for me to and, enjoy the show. And but. just to spell it out, your theory is that there are there are. Other survivors who chose not to be rescued and are still living in the forest and and maybe have like, do you think that they traveled to kidnap Nat or do you think that those were like proxies? I'd like to think that it's them. Great. Because I don't know how to explain them getting cronies, yeah. like them acquiring these extra muscle people to yeah. like go and do their bidding. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do like the idea of further complication of the women who rejoin society, mm-hmm. that there's even more that they're hiding. Sure. And maybe part of what they're hiding is, you know, we will keep your secret. Right. We, will, we won't come for you. Right. You can stay here. Right. But you have to stay quiet. Yeah. The one thing that I'm trying to remember that I can't remember, and maybe you can shed light on this, is I remember one of the characters, uh, after getting the postcard, uh, saying, I wasn't even into this um, oh. about the cult. Do you remember that line? Kind of. And I th- Vaguely. I think it maybe it was Shauna saying that, but I think it's it's it gives us some interesting insight that, like, I, I kind of assumed, I think, seeing just from that very opening scene that the only survivors were the ones who bought into the hierarchy of the Antler Queen. Right. Um, uh, but it 
from from the idea that at least one of these survivors is saying she didn't and is and why would she say that to her friends who knew exactly what happened why would she lie about that right um uh, that there was a faction or some individual of people who did not buy into that who also survived yeah um and it you know particularly going off of the season finale it's going to be interesting to see where Thaisa fits into all of that um yeah the sort of you know her her blackouts her alternate personality feels very connected to the cult to me extremely um uh and and i wonder if she's a switch hitter yeah maybe <laughs> you know i believe in her homosexuality but i wonder if she's a switch hitter <laughs> for the cult, cult wise yeah <laughs> <laughs> um definitely yeah, there's so many different ways we could look at the cult, and we don't know if the four main characters that we've been following got excommunicated. Yep. If they made a you know choice with the cult, saying like we really don't want to be eaten and play these games where you're like competing with us for sport mm-hmm. to see who gets eaten. Can we just leave? But you guys can stay here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll like, protect your secret. Yeah, I don't buy that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know how it's gonna go. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't buy that the cult was gonna let anybody uh, live peacefully that was not a part of the cult. Right. So but maybe these four ladies left them for dead, but they didn't they die. Them. There you go. You know? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm like, I am so not convinced that the cult still lives in the forest, and I love that you are. <laughs> <laughs> some of them have to, right? Like, I don't think some of them have to live. I feel in like the maybe forest. Lottie. Definitely has to live in the forest. And then she sends people out to do her bidding? Who knows? Well, how does Lottie do a bank transfer from the forest? I don't That's know. That's a good point. I think, I like, <laughs> my... <laughs> I, I always just, like, skip the Travis bank account thread. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag Travis didn't kill himself. Um, I, it's, it's, I, we'll see what happens. But my, my, my working theory is that the cult is back uh, in Connecticut or wherever the hell we are in this show, and they are. I think it's Connecticut. I think they're in Connecticut, but I think they're. I think they're back in in uh, society. Yeah, that's my theory. In small waters. In small waters. <laughs> in small waters, Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's funny, listeners. I uh, think we're gonna wrap this up. Yeah. We're recording this in T three at Story Screen Beacon Theater on Main Street in Beacon, New York. And in order to get the best audio, we turn off all the heat so you don't hear the whirring of the heaters going off. I don't know. My feet are getting a little cold. I don't know yeah, about you. Yeah, I mean, Jackie and Jackie signing off. <laughs> I know. I know. We are going to avoid being iced out and end this podcast. But, Scotty, thank you so much for joining me. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And can't wait to talk about season two. Yeah. Buzz, buzz, buzz. Buzz, buzz, buzz. <laughs> and perhaps I'll have you back before then because that seems like a long time to wait. I'd love that too. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and thank you, listeners, for uh, sticking it out with us through this entire episode. Thank you so much. Um, make sure to go to storyscreenbeacon.com for a bunch of other great content if you enjoyed this. And I hope you guys have all had a good start to your year, 2022. And we hope to talk to you soon. Best of 21 list coming soon, yeah. There you go. <laughs> all right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.